Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey everyone, welcome back to A Matter of Truth. It's been a quick minute uh, since we've recorded. The last episode we recorded was back in January, January 30th to be exact. And um, yeah, that was a, a bit ago. We uh, covered sanctification, part two. Uh, go check it out if you haven't listened to it. And uh, I was joined by Alex, obviously, my co-host, and Janelle. She was a guest and it was it was an excellent episode. And uh, I thought it kind of wrapped things up by the end of, uh, regarding sanctification. It's my favorite topic, actually. <clears throat> so I am Anthony, and I am usually joined by Alex, uh, but he's not with us on this episode. He is super busy. I, I can't, I can barely get him uh, to text me. He just, he ghosts me. It's like, okay, ghost me, go ahead. <laughs> But no, I'm just kidding. He is super busy. He is in seminary. He is a pastor in the Midwest. So he's got his pastoral duties, uh, the ministries related to the church, as well as he's got a family and the family is growing. So God bless him. Uh, that's awesome. So anyway, I talked to him. I'm going to do a few episodes myself, uh, short episodes. And I hope that they're edifying and they bring glory to God. That's the most important thing. Um, and, and what I think everybody should be striving to do, uh, doing kingdom work. And it should be all God honoring for God's glory, not for our, our own. Um, a Matter of Truth is on Instagram. So just go plug in A Matter of Truth. Find us, follow us, and we appreciate your support as always, and we appreciate your support in listening to this podcast. So I wanted to tackle a topic that um, I feel is often overlooked. It gets lost. We forget about it because our feelings always end up getting the best of us. It's just a reality of our fallen nature. Um, I think anger, arrogance, and pride, it just, it, it, it wreaks havoc 
on on us, especially in the moment. So I wanted to cover uh, humility in reading First Corinthians thirteen. You may know that, and that's the uh, the love the love chapter in Corinthians. Um, I love how Paul actually describes uh, love, and he describes it with a negative that it is not. He describes that what it's not. It's not arrogant. And, um, you know, that, that just that, that small little end of verse four is something to really kind of dig into because you see humility, um, throughout the old Testament into the new Testament. And I want to look at humility on some of these godly men we find in scripture, uh, the prophets and, uh, what that looks like because uh, they were not perfect and they had to deal with everyday life like the rest of us. Now we know what humility looks like on Christ, uh, the God-man, perfect. Uh, he, he, he humbled himself and embraced a cross for our sins. I mean, that's the epitome of um, humility, what he did for us. So we're going to look at humility um, also, um, not only on certain prophets, apostles, um, but how Paul goes into it. Paul covers it. Uh, it he covers it in 1 Corinthians 13. He covers it in uh, Philippians. So uh, we'll look at it also um, in how he explains Christ and how we need to obviously emulate Christ um, in, in all we do. And Christ humbled himself again to the cross for our sins. Um, other than love, humility is the most important trait um, that really exemplifies a disciple of Christ. Um, humility is a characteristic of, of love. Any way you slice and dice it, um, you know, one of, one of the key attributes of, of love is uh, humility. And we see it highlighted in, like I mentioned, 1 Corinthians 13, as uh, Paul is describing a ministry without love, you know, what is it, what does that really look like? And, uh, and what the fullness of love looks like. And, and that's the whole premise of actually uh, first Corinthians, first Corinthians 13 um, is it's, it's actually talking about the ministry. So I thought that was extremely interesting. So getting into humility a little bit, humility, uh, what is it? Uh, it's a modest view or low view of one's own importance, it's humbleness, right? So um, just some cool things to know. Uh, so the Greek word for humility is a compound word. The first part means low. In a metaphorical sense, it's also uh, used to mean unimportant or poor. Uh, the second part of the word means to think, to judge. So you combine the meanings and you get, you know, you think of yourself as, unimportant, lowly. So uh, this word never appeared in the classical Greek and it was coined by Christians. Um, it was um, something that Paul and the other New Testament, uh, New Testament writers apparently coined. Um, so the Greeks and the Romans had no word for humility because uh, it was an attitude they despised. They, they were not about to get down with uh being humble, lowering yourself, um, uh, being low. That was not the Greeks and the Romans at all. 
they mocked and looked down on anyone who thought of himself as lowly. So it was a term of, of, of derision, right? So um, we clearly see the contrast in Christians. The attitude that they uh, put on was one like Christ, humbling themselves, how they interacted with each other, how they interacted with unbelievers in, in spreading the gospel to keep themselves in check. And this was something that was completely foreign to uh, to Greeks and to, to Romans. Um, so, you know, we see the importance of humility uh, because we see that Christ taught that. He, he was humility. And he's our greatest, greatest example of that virtue. He humbled himself by becoming a man so we could be saved. Sinners could be saved. He's He's the supreme example of humility. And um, it's a beautiful thing as you as you dig into scripture and you're reading and you're seeing these things because it really keeps or it should keep us, you know, the Christian, uh, the disciple of Christ in check um, and in how we interact with our brothers and sisters in Christ, our family members, uh, unbelievers, how we're sharing the gospel. It should be in love and humility. And this is something I got to keep myself in check all the time. Um, you know, I tend to get worked up easily and it's something that I'm striving uh, and praying about, striving to do better um, as I grow in my faith and, in, and in, in the word that I'm reading. So um, it's certainly a challenge. And um, again, we can look to Philippians 2 verses 3 through 8 and we see this call to be united by humility. Uh, this is uh, the absolute standard for the Christian to what? To be, to act, to put on Christ, to humble ourselves. So, I mean, in reading uh, Philippians 2, uh, 3 through 8, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Be in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Right there. I mean, it's... There's no interpretation of that of that verse. It's plain. The plain text says, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. That is absolutely one of the most challenging things uh, to do as as a human, as a human period. We we were more concerned about self, about what we get, uh, what what we look like to to people. Um the whole idea of music, you know, I can relate firsthand. My whole premise, the whole reason I played music was for glorifying myself, putting myself above everybody else. And that was the whole premise. I can, I can see it so clearly now and be honest with myself. I wouldn't have said it back then, but that is absolutely why I did it. I loved it. I loved the accolades. I loved the applause um, from the audience. I loved signing autographs, all that garbage. That means absolutely nothing, but I digress. Uh, let's move on to verse four. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of other. Verse five, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself to becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So a couple of things I'm going to point out, he emptied himself, meaning 
he he put away the privileges uh, that he had as as God, perfect, uh, the perfect God, all powerful. He never emptied himself of his deity. He made the choice to obey the Father. At any point in time, he could have called down a legion of angels at any point in time he wanted, but he knew what had to be done and he was obedient to the Father. So I just want to to point that out, which I'm sure you guys all know, but you know there are some there are some other thoughts regarding that about him emptying himself that people like Bill Johnson teach, which is complete heresy. Um, so he was never just fully man. We know that. Just want to point it out. <laughs> so uh, getting back to humbling ourselves and and, and kind of working our way um, through that. Um, in verse four, I mean, how often do we do we sincerely count um, other people's interests, put other people's needs and wants above our our own? It's it's again, it's one of the most difficult things to do. But if we're looking at Christ, uh, the only Son of God, and what He did for us, I mean, that's what putting Christ on is. It's to to emulate Him. And to count others is more important. So when we're in an argument or a discussion that we're, we're, we're not seeing eye to eye, I mean, just remember that. Just think about that. Because the bottom line is, you know, we're not always right. We're humans. We're flawed. So um, we should be, uh, we should humble ourselves to, to welcome correction to welcome uh, something being pointed out and learning. I, I think that's one of the greatest things I found in my walk as a Christian over the last three years is learning, learning from godly men and learning from godly women, um, you know, just by their attitude or, or, or what they're exemplifying in their day-to-day life. We can all learn, okay? And um, it's it's okay not to have to have the last word. Again, that's humbling yourself. You know, getting a dig in those those are the types of things I think as Christians we we need to focus on because life happens and we get so wrapped up in what uh, we're into uh, during the day and and hum- being humble, humility just it, it goes out the window. It's like the first thing to go out the window and what comes in, arrogance and anger. And that kind of leads into uh, looking at uh, 1 Corinthians 13, right? So just a little bit of background. I mentioned it earlier uh, with respect to Corinthians. The church um, in Corinth was founded uh, by Paul on a second missionary journey. Now uh, you can look at Acts 18.1. And um, after ministering in Corinth over a year and a half, Paul was brought before a, um, a Roman uh, tribunal uh, by Jewish leaders. He was charged. Um, and uh, But the charges were strictly religious. They weren't civil. So the case was dismissed. Shortly after that, he returned to emphasis. Um, and from there, he returned to Israel. Israel. Um, so again, he wrote First Corinthians. Um, he wrote the book. I'm sorry, First Corinthians, um, because the culture they were unable to to break away from the carnality, uh, this immaturity that they that, that that they had shown, this division that was happening within the church. So it was it was a it was a real problem. Uh, the Corinthian church with respect to uh, worldliness and not divorcing themselves of the culture. So here we have um, set yourself apart. Don't become like the world. Uh, 
that is a message that rings true throughout scripture. We're not to find neutrality, a common ground with the world. I, I stand by no neutrality. It is scripture alone. And, and that's what I believe every Christian should be getting out of the New Testament. There is no neutrality. There's nothing, we have nothing in common with the unbeliever and the world when it comes to the things of God and the things of the kingdom, kingdom work, nothing whatsoever. Um, so anyway, getting back to uh, uh, most of the believers, um, they weren't consistent. They didn't separate themselves um, from the old, the selfish, the immoral, the pagan ways that they they wanted to hold on to. And again, we see that today. You know, we want Jesus, but we still want all the stuff. That isn't how it works. And again, I can I can look within to my own life. I had created my own version of God, my own version of Jesus that um, justified my sinful patterns and my sinful behavior. Okay. Um, I was like, I'm not going to, obviously I wasn't going to say there was not a God and there was not Jesus. Um, but I didn't want the word of God. I didn't want what Christ did, um, and what it caused me to become, to do. Um, I didn't want that to interfere with all of my stuff, all of the things that I wanted, self, 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 no humility whatsoever. Right. And, and that's what exactly what was happening in the Corinthian church. So this whole idea of, you know, within churches today, not looking and I'm using air quotes here, judging, it's ridiculous. We are absolutely called because the integrity of God's word must must be defended. It's the sufficiency of scripture. And yes, we do it in a humble way, with humility, with kindness, with gentleness, as we're instructed to um, in the uh, New Testament. So getting back to 1 Corinthians, um, so spiritual gifts were present in, in Corinth. Uh, you can look at chapter one, verse seven. Uh, right doctrine was even in place, um, but love was absent. And this was what Paul was addressing. This led to uh, division. It led to selfishness and pride and it plagued the church. So he was addressing these things, especially in the spiritual gifts area. Um, and, um, you know, this goes to the whole thing. Who's the greatest? Who has the most gifts? This this uh, competitive nature, um, instead of showing love for all, and this is what he's addressing, Paul. Um, so you even see that there were allegiances that that's outlined in First Corinthians uh, one ten through thirteen, as well as three uh, verses one through nine, um, with you know whose camp they were in. I mean, Peter was Apollos, um, Christ alone. You know when. Everybody should have been in the camp of Christ alone because all of these other people, Paul, Peter, Paulus, they were uh, messengers of the word given to them by Jesus Christ. Okay. And, and this is an important thing to remember. And, and I've said it to, to people. I mean, we're all on the, uh, you know, in the camp for Christ, the true Christ. We all are striving for the same thing. Now, obviously, if there's some things, some correction, some error, I've gotten correction. And, you know, you humble yourself and you you listen and you and you have a conversation. You have a conversation. You don't you don't air the dirty laundry, those types of things. You have the conversation. I think that's important 
um, to note that if we are brothers and sisters in Christ, have the conversation with that person. I would also um, say pick up the phone if you know them and have that conversation. And, and, and we need to do this in our personal life. We humble ourselves. Put on humility. Have the conversation with your kid in a loving, godly way. Um, certainly being stern, say. Um, but again, we, you don't want to break their spirit with our children. You know, that, that's an important point. And, you know, godly correction. And, and this is something I'm learning and I'm continuously learning. I'm curtain, continuously being sanctified. My favorite topic, sanctification, <laughs> because I think it's a beautiful thing. And, and, and when you can see it in your life, it's, it's like this bright light. And you're like, wow. And you look back on your old self and how God is building you up, you know, again, like, like clay. In the, in the potter's hand. It's, it's, it really is an awesome thing. So while in First um, Corinthians 13, verses four through seven, you know, we see this idea about um, love is action, right? And um, you see these, the positive things that are highlighted with respect to it's patient, right? It's, it's, it's gracious, it's um, generous. And I love how Paul, um, again, goes to the negative, what it isn't that it's not arrogant, it's not selfish, it's not um, rude, it doesn't brag, it's, you know, these are the things that love is not, and we should not, if we're taking on Christ, taking on love, taking on humility, we should not be this way, we should not be irritable, easy to anger, Um, you know, those are the types of things, those are the types of sin that the enemy, Satan, introduces in our life at, at these moments, right? So, pride and arrogance, is clearly the chief of sins and humility is the the highest of virtues, right? Pride and arrogance can only be dealt with through what? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't, I can't change me. I can't. <laughs> um, I work in, in, a, in a synergistic way um, to, to grow in the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life. You know, that's, Again, we, that's going back to sanctification. So I, I won't go down that rabbit hole anymore, trying not to. Um, but again, by praying and meditating on God's word, we, we grow because of the work the Holy Spirit's doing within us. You know, James 4, uh, 10 instructs believers to humble yourself before the Lord, right? And he will exalt you. Here again, we see the imperative to the believer that shouldn't be taken lightly. And, uh, you know, why am I saying this? Because James is is reiterating the words from Jesus, and Jesus gives a stark warning to the Pharisees and scribes in in Matthew twenty three twelve, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So that warning, right? In whoever exalts himself will be humbled. I mean, think about that. So the one who builds themselves up will be humbled, will be made low. You know, Jesus doesn't say it may happen. It could happen. He says it, they will be made low. Those are powerful words. And they are words that I used to just kind of read over and digging into humility and humbling ourselves and what that means. I mean, as a Christian, we acknowledge our need for a savior. We are humbling ourselves. We are becoming slaves to our master who paid the price. But 
outside of Christ, outside of Christianity, true Christianity, these people, their arrogance, throwing their fist up at the sky towards God, blaming God, never looking, never looking at themselves and in, in their sin and what they're involved in. He's saying, you will be humbled one way or the other. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess Jesus. Those are powerful words that we should not ignore. And as Christians, we should not ignore that. You know, there's that application. Yes, he's talking to the Pharisees and the scribes because of their arrogance and, and, and how they are tied and holding to their, their traditions, not God's law, because God's law highlights his character. God's law is actually a beautiful thing. Okay. And no, we can't keep the law. It points to the cross and it points that we need a savior and that through the Holy Spirit, we work to grow in our faith. Okay. But you can absolutely look at Matthew 23, 12 and heed those words and understand the application and what Christ is saying. If you're not humble, you will be made humble. That means if you're living in pride and arrogance, one way or the other, even for the Christian, God is going to get your attention and he's going to humble you. He's going to make you, he's going to force you to look in that area of your life that needs to be addressed. So I'm thinking, I'm hoping we'll, we'll be able to cover um, what's known as the seven woes where um, that verse, Matthew 23, 12 comes from uh, the seven woes to the scribes and Pharisees down the road. I'm kind of playing around with that idea. So I kind of, kind of excited to dig into that. Um, so a humble person is a content person. He's content to be the last to, uh, to move up, to move forward, to move into the spotlight, right? Um, because the goal is to have Christ magnified. It's to, for God to be glorified. So um, the, the sin of envy rears its ugly head all throughout life. It, it's one of those private sin battles that can only be conquered, uh, squashed down, if you will, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We, you know, you have to look inward and you, again, this relying on the Holy Spirit to and praying for that change. It's something that um, I've been forced to look at, something I've been forced to do um, because if I'm claiming the name of Christ, I can't cling to anger. I can't cling to pride any longer. I just, I, I can't. Looking at humility uh, and what it looks like on a mere man, um, because we know the pinnacle of humi humility is Christ. So what does it look like on um, some of these men uh, of God in, in scripture who are fallen men? But, you know, we have to acknowledge they struggled because they weren't perfect. They struggled in all the same areas that we do as humans because we're all human. Um, let's look at John the Baptist in John three twenty two through 30. John the Baptist exalting Jesus to his own disciples. He's acknowledging he must decrease, John that is, and Christ must increase, effectively ending his own ministry. When Christ came on the scene, he was sent to make way for the Savior. So John the Baptist walked away from fame, if you will, and his words are absolutely a reminder to the Christian when it comes to putting on humility, right? One should remind themselves always, let me decrease, 
let Christ increase in, in every way. When we're on a podcast, when we're posting in the social media world that we're in, um, you know, are we glorifying Christ? Are we glorifying God? You know, are we increasing Christ or are we increasing ourselves and what we think, what we want is, is it, you know, removing away from scripture because our ideas, our interpretation based on another man, you know, another church leader or father is more important than what Christ is saying in the Bible. It's something to consider, right? A humble Christian is content to, to, to be put aside. If another um, comes along and is progressing quicker or is okay with seeing somebody move forward and move up in Christ, right? And, you know, it may be in their own ministry uh, because it brings greater glory to God. And it's all about God. It, you know, we're all headed in the same direction as brothers and sisters in Christ. So that's an important thing to, re- to remember, not to get wrapped up in, oh, how many likes, say, from an Instagram standpoint, this person's getting opposed to how many followers somebody has or I have, because they're not my followers. They are, they are Christians who are f- looking at biblical content, sound biblical content. They belong uh, to God. They're part of the body of Christ. So yeah, they follow the account and that's it. And, you know, if I stop posting sound content, you know, they're going to be like, this isn't sound, I'm gone. So, you know, we shouldn't think of anything we do as ours. It should be all for the greater glory, uh, for God, in God, in Christ alone, period, end of story. And um, again, it's it's one of those things where you can look at your old self uh, and you can it's, it's almost like you don't forget your old self because it serves as a reminder of where you never want to be again. So getting back to humility, um, let's look at the Old Testament Hebrew uh, for humility. It's shafel. Um, its definition is to become or to be low, sink, be humbled, be abased. So I just kind of wanted to touch on a little bit of the Old Testament um, and in describing that. So it describes lowliness, contrasting it with exaltation. Um, Humility involves being willing to stoop low, to get involved and to interact with others. Um, The focus is on others, being humble. Again, we we talked about that and we can look to uh, Philippians. Again, that's that's outlined you know, with respect to in verse four, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. So the focus is on others. Um, a key Old Testament verse with respect to um, humility uh, is Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Right there, he's talking about uh, those that submit to, to God, to God's law and repent under his judgment, right? This is a whole attitude of a Christian is our need for a savior, uh, humbling ourselves before our God, before our Lord, 
and confessing our sins and repenting. It's making ourselves low because we don't have it figured out. We don't have the answers. We don't. We only get, uh, we can gain knowledge but have no wisdom. It is He, it is the Holy Spirit that provides us wisdom um, from the knowledge that we're getting, whether it's through science books, through scripture, you know, and this is this is so important to pray for wisdom. Yeah, we can gain all the knowledge. We can go to college, but I'm sorry, without Christ, outside of Christ, we have nothing figured out. Doesn't mean you're wise. Does not mean you have wisdom just because you have a piece of paper or, or 10 pieces of paper hanging on the wall. Wisdom comes from the Lord alone, right? And to humble yourself and say, I don't, I can't do it. I don't know it. I might be wrong when in you know when we're being corrected um, and, and and we're confronted with a potential error in what we've said or written or or something like that. You, you know, it's okay because that's putting away pride and arrogance, the pride of self that oh no 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 you can't correct me. Well, no, actually, if it is sound and from scripture. And in done in a way with gentleness, kindness, you know, it, it, with humility, we should all be able to sit back and listen, and 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 not so quickly put up our defenses. And that's what we that's what we do as humans. That's what we do. And you know, that's kind of that thing where it's um, outside of Christ. Prior, you know, I I, I struggled with that my whole life. Um, being told, uh, being corrected. I, I couldn't stand it. So this is something that the Holy Spirit is working a work in my life and, and I see it, I feel it. And uh, it's something I pray for. I pray for wisdom. And I, th- I just think it's an important thing to, uh, to point out. So getting back to that, um, the text Isaiah fifty seven fifteen. So a related New Testament verse is one we we covered in Philippians two five through eight. Um, and I'll just read it here again. Um, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God is highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Here we go. In heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue confess Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you see Christ's, his whole life was pointing to God the Father and doing the will of God the Father. Christ willingly did what God wanted him to do, to do the work that was set before him. Okay, so, uh, you know, we as people can look at that and, 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 and apply that in our own life in, in, in a way where all we do should um, magnify Christ. It should all give glory to him. It, it, it pushes away, deflects, if you will, praise on us 
and it should all be pointed to 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 God the Father. Um, that is why we're here. That is why we were created to worship and glorify God. And that's what that's what we should be doing in church, in our worship, in our prayer, in everything we do. And that's that's absolutely the toughest thing ever. I mean, you know, you um, you're at work. You know, you should be working and in your work, you're glorifying God, you know? So even let's round this out a little bit more. A humble person is going to accept the situation, the condition that God sees best for him. And that's a difficult thing as well, because we want what we want. Right. But, um, God puts us in situations and we need to humble ourselves and be like, this is where God wants us at this point in time. I'm in this valley. I'm in this valley. I'm at this hilltop now. Um, it, you know, it's this thing where no matter the circumstance, our focus, uh, even in great difficulties, uh, should be on um, that we count ourselves blessed, my God, we're going to humble ourselves to accept the circumstances, even though they're not sitting right with us, but we don't know it all. God has the bigger picture in frame. He knows the end all be all. So um, even in the worst cases, um, God is in control 100% and that we're getting just with every breath we take, I mean, we're not getting what we deserve. We're being blessed, right? So, you know, in, in everything, um, we should be content with what God has given us. And you can look back on everything I kind of touched on and you can see, you know, the contentment in their circumstances that they're, they're in. They're being, they're humble. Look at, you know, again, John the Baptist, right? Um, you know, what Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 10. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And um, Matthew Henry uh, puts it this way. This is a Christian paradox. When we are weak in ourselves, then we are strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we see ourselves weak in ourselves, then we go out of ourselves to Christ and are qualified to receive strength from him and experience most of the supplies of divine strength and grace. It's all reliance, it's contentment on Christ, on Christ alone. And it's in the spirit of complete humility because we in and of ourselves can do nothing we are lowly so this is all pointing to the glory of god being content with where god has us and ultimately magnifying our father in heaven giving him praise and worship because uh, that's why we were created and and that's the humble that's the humbleness of a servant of the most high you look, you look back at even in the parable of the wayward son. He comes back to the father. And what struck me about that parable is just the humility 
And then, you know, I'll, I'll just come back as a servant. You know, when he realized everything that he had done and he had squandered away everything, he realized he could go back to his father, humble, asking for forgiveness, knowing he doesn't deserve anything. Just, just make me a servant. And how does the father accept him? He just, he, you know, he runs, which is something that doesn't happen, that, that didn't happen back then. You know, running, picking up your, 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 your robe and, and tucking it in and running and embracing. So um, in all things, we glorify God humbly, put on humility, put on Christ. And, and we see this pattern from um, Genesis to Revelation. Um, again, looking at humility and looking to the supreme example of humility and what Christ did, that, that is the model. That is what we strive for. And that's, you know, that's why I wanted to cover this thing with about humility. Because again, we get, we get wrapped up in our day to day. Um, and arrogance and pride and anger just it creeps in like you know like a lion just after its prey right and um, I hope this is a reminder I hope it edifies you um, the study and uh, and I'm gonna say just scratch the surface honestly on this topic has has truly helped me um, and, and again, that's why I love doing this podcast. Uh, that's why we love doing this podcast because it, it, it causes us to to get into God's word. Additionally, outside of you know the Bible studies and church and throughout the week, it's it's one more thing that points to um, to God and to to getting into Scripture. So it's it's a it's another additional thing throughout the week that grounds us in the Word. So um, I would encourage everybody. Stay in the word, abide in the word, abide in Christ during this time. It's Easter. Um, remember what he did and how he humbled himself as a servant and embraced the cross for our sins. And he is risen. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful time. And um, get to church. And I hope your church is not having a play. I hope they're digging into the powerful message uh, that's outlined in scripture of what it means for the believers, those in Christ, that Christ is risen and in the gospel message to all, right? So uh, thank you for listening. Again, I hope it's edifying. And you know what? A matter of truth, it's on Instagram. It's on all the major podcasting platforms you've obviously found because you're hopefully you're listening. So have a blessed uh, Easter, like I said, and Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. All right. God bless.